This is Rosen Institute's Your Law Firm, where Lee Rosen and Ned Days cover management, marketing, finance, and new technologies for building the practice you deserve. Here's Lee Rosen. It's good to be with you from Taipei, Taiwan. I'll tell you, I'm still a little bit jet-lagged from our flight from Mexico City here to Taipei. It was a very long flight involving uh, about a 10-hour layover in the airport in Istanbul. But we've now been here for a handful of days, and I'm starting to sleep on a fairly normal schedule, not waking up in the middle of the night. So that's all good. And Taipei, wow, what a great city. We're really enjoying it. We are heading out on a road trip in a couple of days, going to circumnavigate the entire country. But so far, we are loving the food. We are loving the people. We are loving the scenery. I've got nothing but positive things to say about Taipei. It's time for your tech tip. I don't have a system for doing laundry. When it's left up to me, I wait until there are no more pairs of underwear or socks in the drawer. I realize there's a problem, and then I end up with dirty undergarments for a day or two. My wife finds this tedious, to say the least. I don't know how she does it, but she has an incredible ability to forecast that the supply of clean clothes will run out. She's a math teacher, so she's privy to all kinds of formulas and calculations that are way over my head. There's probably some calculus or differential equations involved, but she's able to predict that at some point in the future, I will run out of clothes, be surprised by this fact, and then scramble to get things washed if she doesn't take the reins. Now, I try not to be quite so hopeless when it comes to building out systems and processes for the business. We have a marketing project we're working on where we are sending some specific emails to a targeted list of people. For this project, we are using a tool called GMAS that lets us email directly out of our Gmail inboxes without using an email automation tool. But at a certain point, we want to move those contacts over to ActiveCampaign, our CRM and email automation platform. So far, so good. We start someone in GMAS, we move them over to ActiveCampaign once they've finished the sequence. But what happens in this scenario? I send somebody an email from GMAS on Monday. Because he's done with my intro sequence, he's moved over to ActiveCampaign, where I plan to email him on Friday. But on Tuesday, he opens up that last email from GMAS and decides to unsubscribe because he's tired of stories about my underwear. If I email him on Friday from ActiveCampaign, he's not going to be very happy with me. He's going to report my emails as spam because as far as he's concerned, he has unsubscribed. Now GMAS lets me trigger events in other software when someone hits that unsubscribe link. So if I know what to watch out for, I can make sure that I'm covered if Mr. Too Good to Hear About My Sock Drawer decides to unsubscribe. I can remove him from active campaign before I give him my next update. And thankfully, unlike my inability to predict running out of underpants, I saw that potential problem before it reared its ugly head and put a fix in place. But this brings up the issue I want to talk about. How do we find and plan for these potential pitfalls when we are moving data or documents or clients between these various systems and software that we have set up? It's easier than ever to connect the tools we're using for various pieces of our marketing and case management and document generation projects. But these connections are often imperfect. They're not nearly as seamless as the vendors and sales pitches would have us believe. People continue getting sales messages after they've retained, invoices after they've paid, to-dos pile up for tasks that were already completed in a different app. We've all dealt with these headaches. We had a similar issue at the law firm we figured out the hard way. Early in our email marketing journey, we realized 
realized that even after someone came in for a consult, they were still getting our marketing emails because even though we were now corresponding with them through our practice management system, we hadn't automated any way to shut off our sales pitches in a different program when someone reached out to us wanting to move forward. I don't know if you see this, but sometimes I will book a hotel or a flight using a service like Expedia, and for the next six months, I'll get emails about trips to that destination. I already made the trip and came back. Stop bugging me. So how do you approach these discrepancies and identify weak points in your increasingly elaborate and complex processes? Well, there's no easy one-size-fits-all answer here. Often it's not until the sock drawer is empty or a client is asking why something is broken that we can identify where something went off the rails. But there are a few key points I like to keep in mind when fleshing out these more complicated and multi-factor systems that help illuminate or circumvent possible problems. The first is to determine if it's possible to have a single source of truth. Depending on the kind of system or workflow you've built, there may be half a dozen or more different services or pieces of software juggling your data around. It's a good idea to have one central point that is the final word on the status of a particular thing. What you want to avoid is having to check multiple spots to know for sure if something was filed, if an email was sent, or if money was collected. Collecting money is a good one to start with. If we've cashed somebody's check, I'm pretty sure they're a client. The second step I try to make work, if at all possible, is bidirectional syncing between the various pieces of the system. Maybe I'm generating tasks in Trello based on events in my CRM, but I want to, if at all possible, make sure that if I'm recording data in Trello that impacts the client or case status, that the information is properly reflected back in my CRM. You've probably come across a setting for something called webhooks and some of the software and web apps you're using. Webhooks are basically messages that the program can send out to other software or workflow tools like Zapier when events and updates happen so that you can make changes and corrections in other software even if there's not a built-in integration in place. Webhooks are essentially meant to help solve this bi-directional syncing problem. It usually requires some custom integration from a developer, but it's well worth it to make sure your bases are covered. Number three is to assess whether there's a point in your process or workflow where someone can be effectively considered done with a particular piece of the puzzle. Is there a point at which we no longer need to worry about whether or not this user has an interaction with this tool or on this platform? Are we done generating documents for him? Are we done creating tasks for him? Are we done billing him? And once you've considered the feasibility of those steps, walk through the process and think about what happens if a client or contractor or employee makes a change or interacts with these things out of the intended sequence. Are things locked down to the point where events only fire if they're happening at the right time and in the right order? Or are there weak points where someone ends up staring at an empty drawer and wondering what the hell happened? I'm Ned Days, and that's your tech tip. Now for your moment of concise advice. In every situation, you can ask yourself, what is good about what's happening? Or alternatively, you can ask yourself, what is bad about what's happening? You get to decide which question to ask yourself about every situation. And your perspective, once you've asked and answered that question, it will harden based upon the question that you ask. Confirmation bias 
kicks in. You'll find more and more evidence that the situation is good if that's the way you decided to see it, or that it's bad if that's the way you decided to see it. My concise advice to you today is that when you look at a situation, ask yourself the what is good about what's happening question. Just let that what is bad about what's happening question, let that go by the wayside. You don't need to ask yourself that question. I'm encouraging you to pick the good. What's good about this situation? Answering that question for yourself, it'll change the quality of your experience and of your work. Ask yourself, what is good about what's happening? You know, we perform at our best when we're having fun, when we're feeling good about ourselves. When we have a positive outlook, we perform better. We get better results. So when you are facing a situation and you are evaluating your circumstances, I encourage you to always ask, what is good about what's happening? Look for that good side. You know, some of us will look out the window and we will see a terrible car wreck. And some of us will think, ah, tragedy, that's awful. Well, some other folks will look out their window and see that same wreck and they'll see an opportunity. I think you know the lawyers that I'm talking about. They see an opportunity in every car wreck. It's the same event, but different folks see those same things differently. Ask yourself, what is good about what's happening? Why not? Why not make a choice to always see things from a positive perspective. You get to decide, so why not decide in a way that helps you? A positive perspective really does give you better results. It certainly helps those personal injury lawyers get a big fee for resolving that car wreck that they saw outside of their window. I'm encouraging you, no matter what it is that's happening, to ask yourself what is good about what is happening. Why not? All things being equal, you might as well have a positive perspective on your situation, no matter what your situation might be at the moment. You see, we don't always get to decide on what it is that happens. We don't get to decide what's going to happen next, but we do get to decide on our outlook about what is happening. We get to make a determination of how we choose to perceive the events that are happening. We get to decide for ourselves how we're going to look at whatever it is that's happening around us. And we lawyers, we are so very good at supporting our decisions once we make a decision about how to perceive things. That's that confirmation bias at work. If we decide to see things positively, then we will find all kinds of evidence to support that perspective. We will build our positive perspective. Conversely, if we decide to see things negatively, well, then we can also find lots and lots of evidence to support that perspective as well. We're efficient at dragging ourselves down in an evidence-based manner if that's the direction we choose to go in. So whatever belief we start out with, we're going to be outstanding at discovering evidence to support that belief. So what I'm suggesting here is that we can guide our perspective. We can support our perspective by asking ourselves 
the right questions. Those questions, they will deliver for us answers which support our bias, and that helps us to reinforce our perspective. So whatever it is that's happening in your life, in your work, you can look at the circumstances and you can ask yourself, what is wrong here? Or alternatively, you can look at the circumstances and ask yourself, what is right here? You can ask what is good, or you can ask what is bad. Well, we might as well ask the positive variation of these questions. Let's resolve together to ask ourselves what is good about whatever it is that happens. That enables us to guide our perspective. We will then build on that by finding the evidence to support our positive perspective. Now, look, I know that what I'm suggesting to you here, this is contrary, at least for me, to my natural tendencies. I think most of us have a natural tendency as lawyers to look for the negative. We tend to look at circumstances and ask, what is wrong here? It's just who most of us are. It's not our fault. It's what we've been trained to do. We look at a picture and we dig deep into finding what's wrong with this picture. We have this strong tendency to continually see the negative. We automatically ask, what is bad? What is wrong? Well, we are not required to approach every situation with that perspective. Don't do it. Why? Because seeing things more positively, changing our perspective, it tends to result in an increase or an improvement in our performance. Simply put, we do better when we're enjoying ourselves. We do better when we're having fun. We do better when we're feeling good about our circumstances. So why not enjoy ourselves? Why not feel good? Why not have fun? We can guide our perspective by asking the right questions. We can ask ourselves, what is good about this situation? When something is happening with a client, we can look for the positives. We can ask ourselves what we enjoy about working with that client. Ask the right questions. Focus on the positive, not the negative. When we're facing a legal issue that we're dealing with, we can ask what it is that we're enjoying about figuring it out, about mastering it, about overcoming it. In our work, the opportunities to ask questions framed in a positive manner, they are endless. We're always asking ourselves questions and we can choose the positive question. When you play this out for yourself, ask the positive form of the question, but also answer it for yourself. Don't just ask the questions, answer them. Give yourself a detailed response. Go deep, get specific, spend time talking to yourself. The impact of that over time is that you get more and more positive, so you perform better and better. Keep asking yourself for that positive perspective. When you answer these questions with great specificity, the impact of delivering these answers to ourselves is to give us a more positive outlook resulting in a better performance. Now, I'm not suggesting that that's always going to be easy. We get very stuck in the negative. We have to consciously push ourselves over the hump 
to find the positive way to look at things. There are times when it's really difficult to see things from a different perspective. You might be feeling down or frustrated or stuck. And when you're in that sort of frame of mind, it can be really hard to think positively and to take the necessary steps to achieve your goals. But when we're in that position, when you're feeling frustrated and stuck and down when you're listening to me and thinking to yourself, what is Rosen doing going on about a positive perspective? Well, that's when you need it the most. That's when you need to ask yourself different questions. If you will ask yourself, what is it that's good about what's happening? You will head in the right direction. You will find the evidence that confirmation bias will kick in and you will benefit from that positive situation. So in every situation, you can ask yourself, what is good about what's happening? Or you can instead ask yourself, what is bad about what's happening? You are not required to ask yourself both. And I am encouraging you not to jump to bad. Push yourself in the other direction. Push yourself to look for the positive. Yes, this suggestion, it's a little woo-woo. I understand that. It's a little out there. It's a little different than what we usually talk about. But here's the thing. It also happens to work. Try it. That's your moment of concise advice. Wrapping up from Taipei, thanks for spending a few minutes with me and Ned today. We hope you have a great weekend and an even better week next week. Keep plugging away, moving forward, getting things done. You're on the right track. You'll get there. I promise. We're all in this together, and together we build better practices through better marketing and better management and better technology. Until next time, I'm Lee Rosen. Thanks for listening to Your Law Firm. Visit roseninstitute.com insider for two more episodes each month, plus exclusive courses and special content all for free. Become a Rosen Institute insider at roseninstitute.com insider.